Ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-
one of the waves of, of internet bubbling mm -hmm. where like a lot of them didn't make money. People don't want to pay for dating sites, number one. Nobody right. wants to do that. So like all the ones that didn't pay kind of are all owned by the same company now. Like Match, it's like Grinder, like all of them. You don't think Match and Grinder are owned by the same person? Yeah. I think there's like four of them that are all that they're all so one, wait, one company in Texas bought all the ones that actually were making the Uber money. Uber Square Waspy, which is Match, uh, also or no, owns what, what, the what, main. I don't even know what they are. What's the what's, what's the one app? that's that's not Grinder, but like a straight Grinder? Oh, Tinder. Tinder. Yeah, there we go. I think Tinder okay, and Grinder. Yeah, are the Grinder same. is much more of a, see, a match, gay sandwich match app. And Tinder seemed like they see they all kind of Tinder and Grinder got the same word sounds, but then that's Tinder. The point. Is, Related to fire, like a match is, so it seem, seems like it could all be one big. I don't know. I think that they're all one big company now, but I know a lot of them folded. I like uh, I was the surprised two middle-aged men who've never been on dating apps. Uh, yeah, I'm discussing never, them, but I, that's also I our never, forte here. That's what we do. I, I never have, and will never have. You know, use the internet You're to way search too for a stranger to bed. Like I've met before. I got married. I met some people on like MySpace and Friendster that like would come. I'd eventually like became friends with. I. So like you know like but I would if I was that worried like a, that you it wasn't like, a dating dated way. us like and I don't mean dating in an app kind of way like you dated us you just mentioned Friendster and Napster like uh, yeah oh I say Napster <laughs> I meant MySpace whatever Friendster e either MySpace. way you know you still down with Tom that's cool with me. whatever they like did you did you ever like holler at Tom did you link up no. Tom Tom no. and Tom kind of thing no uh, oh. That brings me back to my point. I am your host, Falio Glacis, MC on the Rap Scallion, the Archduke Depeche Von Luft Balloons, Elon Muscular, known to the ladies as a pimp named Sugar Cookie. With me, as always, is uh, the Tom who's not the MySpace Tom, but it's still like your friend and a friendly guy, and it's not going to try to date you on Tinder, uh, Black People Meet, uh, Christian Mingle, or FarmersOnlyFans.com. Uh, he is the Vice Count, Dirty Finger. Uh, the man we can't do without, Adam Strange. Hey, you know what? I had a MySpace page for a while. This is the worst case scenario. It was a good time. Uh, you know, I did yeah. the HTML, made it all fancy. The thing about it, eventually I was done with it. I hadn't gone there for years, and I was like, I wonder if I can still log in. I went and logged in. There it was. So I deleted it. There's a button that says end this relationship. So boom, deleted it. It was over. Okay. Yeah, they let you do that. Facebook doesn't. Mm, about a year later, I was like, oh, my my MySpace page is there. Lo it and behold, is, motherfucker's yeah. still right on up there catching messages. So I deleted it again. And then like a week later, went back, deleted it again. This is about the time when Timberlake apparently had bought it after it had sold to Fox. And now it was just like this struggling thing where like it had a good music player and it was kind of becoming a band camp on its own yeah. right because... When, when he made it, apparently... I was surprised that Facebook ditched that model. You know, he was trying to go for for that. Like, he, yeah. apparently Tom had a band, and he wanted it to be where a band could just be its own label off mm -hmm. of that page. You could sell songs directly to the people, Which and there I was, did. There, no, there were some, some people that that worked out for. Yeah. I mean, I stopped making music right after, like, came out, but I sold, like, you little still cities on there. No, but I didn't for a little while there. I wasn't making it and putting it on the internet. You put so. it on pause. Yeah. I get that, but, okay, so this is what I will say is I was pretty surprised when as Facebook because you know there was a transitional period yeah. when Facebook started taking over from MySpace and granted Facebook pages looked a lot different than they do now yeah. um, you know there wasn't the chronic news feed and all the shit that kind of is trying to assassinate you and kidnap you at all times hey by the way listeners you know don't let the algorithm get you that's what I'm saying uh, but um, that message is brought to you by FarmersOnlyFans.com. Um, 
I was surprised that there wasn't the whole like put a little jukebox on your shit. Like, you know, they stole yeah. some shit from MySpace. That wasn't one of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you remember how you like when you would go to another person's page, music that they like would start playing, and you could click and make it yeah. stop. But like, uh, you would have like these are my eight favorite songs yeah. or something. These are my eight favorite people. And you could style it. You could actually yeah. make it look like whatever you wanted. You could your change colors, the colors, all the font size. Yeah, bullshit. But, like, the one thing was that, like, and then also in particular, if you were a musician, it was like, here, I'm promoting my shit, my shows. Yeah. This is my own music. These top eight yeah. songs are mostly mine. You know, I don't know. I was just, I thought that was kind of a yeah. odd choice for Facebook. But maybe it was because... Facebook was trying to put themselves first. They're like, fuck your music. Yeah, no, and it's it's the thing, too, of, like, it takes a lot more server space to, like, hold data. Like, a song is not mm. a small amount of data, and if everybody gets eight, that's, like, a fucking warehouse somewhere full of server machines. Facebook was trying to keep it cheap in the beginning, but whatever. Like, that's, you know, like, there, there were other places for music to go, and YouTube was kind of taken over at the time, so YouTube, they didn't really need to do that at Facebook. And MySpace just stopped. Like, everybody just stopped all at once. Sort of, I guess. I don't know. But, like, having your... Because it's not like, okay, yeah, you can follow the musician that you like on Facebook or other platforms. Like, now SoundCloud, all that other bullshit. But it was just like, yo, here I am as a person. Here's my profile. And I was like, I don't know. It just... You know, apparently they're... I'm clearly wrong because I don't know shit about technology. And, and the I, funny thing about... like. And I also fucking despise social media. Like 2006, so. okay, or so, five. <coughs> all the companies were like, oh, let's let's do what Facebook's doing. And like, mm -hmm. you know, like say, like certs, fucking whatever, or like, you know, some kind certs? of candy, you like, Snickers, bar, you know, you like, like Hershey's would be like, like let's make Redson, a, the breath we'll make a social media on our website. And then people can come there and have social media. Mm -hmm. And then they realized immediately every company was like, oh, shit, hate speech, quick, turn it off, you know, like quickly. Mm -hmm. But like, all of these celebrities were doing it, but I didn't know this. Apparently, there's been like 20 attempts to make a black MySpace. Like, there's no such thing as as black MySpace at the moment. Like, or you know, black black Probably Facebook, black space. And they tried, space. and apparently, this no, because it would be black Facebook. Think about it. Yeah, uh, it doesn't work. See, when, it doesn't work for a lot of reasons. When MySpace, shortly after Timberlake bought it, with I guess 50 Cent put some money on it too. But apparently, they, there was this like news push, like a promo push, to be like. Well, black people still use MySpace, and then apparently, what they what is known as Black Twitter came forward and was like, "Nah." That yeah, was basically well, the answer, right? But Black Twitter's a thing, and not because it's Black Twitter; it's just, but also Black Planet was a thing. You probably didn't know that, but no, no I've heard of, I've, I've, it was a thing for a while. Uh, I don't think it's a thing anymore. But also, you know, uh, White Twitter basically much like the White World. Yeah, but just bites their shit off Black Twitter. Yeah, you know things that are popping start on Black Twitter, and then uh, white people will read it, and they're like, "Oh, but I peaked it, and I'm gonna kind of retweet that." Ah, uh, so now that I've seen um, white people talking about Lizzo and Megan The Stallion, mm -hmm. it might be over for them. Uh, they I might mean, be peaking now. I feel like because when I saw Megan The Stallion twerking with She-Hawk, I, I can tell you, I don't know how I felt. Heard about it, I didn't see it. I but was like, I'm, I'm really trying to defend all of this out here on the internet, but like, I don't, don't know about the twerking. I, uh, I feel like white women got really, I mean, 
white people in general got super stoked on Lizzo for a hot minute, and then a lot of them fell off. But Lizzo's still like doing her thing. Oh, hard. Yeah, she's great. I she also, you know, she was down with Prince. Now I, I've only alive, seen um, so. Megan she's from Minnesota. Megan the Stallion, the Stallion. I've only the seen her Stallion. doing it. You know, like <laughs> I've only seen people talking about her, and then she got shot. Mm-hmm. She was in the news and stuff. I don't. She I, got I, shot? I, I hadn't listened to it. Yeah, while she was at some somewhere in New York, and mm-hmm. Tony Lonzo, Lazo, somebody. Mm-hmm. Allegedly shot her in the foot or the ass or something. I don't know. She got shot. wasn't that bad, but it was a flesh wound, and she got she's suing the guy. Is it because she's a stallion? He thought her leg was broken. He was gonna put her down. Yeah. But so <laughs> I, I never listened to her music. But I was, that was I a was horse joke. Listening to, to some other. I was listening to another female rapper at work one night. I'm pretty tickled with myself. La- Lady Lashore, and um, I guess they the the algorithm was like, hey, he might like Megan the Stallion. So she came up. Wait, and, you were watching other horse related material, no, and they put on. No, I was listening to. Female rap. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. that makes sense then. And so she came on, but wait, I, who are you listening to? Lady Lashore, Leisha. I am unfamiliar. Who? She's from Berm. Oh, you were listening to British shit. Yeah, and, and um, you are such an Anglophile. But she, so she comes on, and I, I'm fine with with Megan the Stallion, but that was I, some. I'm not super familiar with catalog, but about uh, fucking, I've heard I'm liked. She, her whole song was about the dick. Yeah, different different love things kind of to do with the dick and how much she really likes dick. Yo, her Cardi B, fucking, I love, I love. And I guess in the video I she love, was wearing like panties in the recording booth and just ass clapping the whole time while she was rapping about that dick. I like that kind of shit. I'm I, not gonna I, lie. And also just like, uh, but not like, how do you put this? Uh, not uh, from the patriarchal uh, standpoint. But being yeah. like your dick ain't good enough, you gotta have a really good dick for this. Like, yeah. I love that kind of like, it's uh, you know. Well, it's just funny because like a week before I've been inter- introduced gangster feminism sex shit. You know, a week porn, before basically. she was she was brought to me by the Disney Channel. Basically, you know, my Disney app showed me the show with her. You know, which she, which show is she? She Hawk. She she's plays herself. There's a lawyer who is um dating. Oh, I he, he thinks that. he's dating Megan The Stallion, and he helps her fix her um broken. 94 Volkswagen and so it turns out she's actually an Asgardian shape-shifting elf and she hawks him like wait you thought you were dating Megan the Stallion he's like what he's like but wait wait, Megan the Stallion she drove a 94 Volkswagen he's like what Uh, no yeah yeah she's she's in the show as herself plays the person that this guy perceives her to be and then she plays herself later right when she comes to the court so it's like uh like what Saigon did in Entourage yeah did you yeah you know, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not proud no, of the she fact hires, that I did she, watch Entourage. She hired she Hong to be her lawyer at the end of the episode, and that's where they twerked together. So the actual Meg the Stallion. The Stallion, yeah. How are we pronounce it? Because um, also, a stallion is a male horse, so like I have no problem no, mis- is mispronouncing now, it. I'm not going to correct her Megan, grammar. Don't correct mine. You Megan know, the fine. Stallion is now MCU canon. She exists in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's dope. As herself, and she Hong like is her that. lawyer. I like that. I mean, they should bring Saigon in and like reference like uh, is entourage. Well, you know what entourage? Yeah, I'm gonna say MC Cannon. Yeah, Me Too. Doc. I think the whole hashtag Me Too just like I would just like to see Saigon getting work. Entourage. He was a really great rapper, and he came to Asheville before he was famous, and you know he made a big faux pas while he was here, but he still threw a great show. I can, I can honestly see like this like cases in Hollywood where they're in front of a judge and the defendants like. You see Entourage, Your Honor. You're like, yeah. You're like, yeah, that's kind of what happened. <laughs> he was rich and famous, and he was like, you know, I want to be famous. And I was like hanging out, so I had sex with him all the time. It just, it just, it's just, it's not, it's not nowadays. 
No, it's uh, I'm not going back and looked at uh, I shit a while, but I bet it's uh, not gonna stand up. Even not like, gonna, I mean, I watched it mainly because there was a lot of really awesome boobs in it. It's funny that that's um, why I watch a lot of HBO taking stuff. like private jets isn't cool anymore. Like that's even like I bet you even nowadays like if that's that's a thing that would be brought up on Entourage where they like Kylie Jenner caught shit just now and then Taylor Swift and everybody else they were well, like it's frowned upon. It was never cool in the sense that it was always doing devastating things to the environment, but it just wasn't cool. I, it's like when you if we're talking about cool in the sense of what's frowned upon or people like in the culture, yeah, generally in the zeitgeist as they say. Yeah. Uh, but it it was never not destroying the environment. No. And uh, I would bet if I went back and watched Entourage again, I would probably still like the boobs, but also be like, oh, yeah, this is definitely always like pretty harmful, probably, and I in ways that I wasn't really grasping, which I should have, because it's not even like Entourage was on when I was like twenty. I was like. Yeah. Probably in my early 30s. What, what was there for Entourage? Uh, I, just, I don't know. I have a bad yeah. sense of time. Um, I want to say the 2000s, but mid to early but it's 2000s. it's also like even looking back, like it's, and they didn't really advertise this a ton. So I think maybe some people did know and some people didn't, but like Entourage was basically just loosely based on Mark yeah. Wahlberg's yeah. career. So like, one can just look at Mark Wahlberg and be like, oh, he definitely did some movies that I really liked, but also as a human, he's clearly horrible. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's. He, well, not, I mean, think about every actor on that show. Mm hmm. Nothing. After that? Nothing. I've seen. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, number turtle? Nope. I ain't seen him do nothing. I but they him. did make that main uh, character had a couple no, movies uh, and, they, what's the name? and they didn't really pop. Fucking he, Ari. Fucking what's his name? Uh, yeah, yeah. Nah, that's it. And but he was already. But somebody. he was already because his best friend. What's his fucking name? Fucking um. But he's kind of falling off too. I don't. People make. He's like a, a meme joke now. He is, and people are mad at him now. But it's he was in that his best friend. All of the uh, fucking run, is running half of Disney right now. Yeah, but you know what's weird is that I can remember John Favreau's name. Who okay? he's. Who he's based on is Rahm Emanuel's brother. Did you know that? Yeah. No, totally. Um, God damn. How am I fucking forgetting? The Entourage episode. Yeah, but how am I forgetting uh, dude's name? He was in like, he was the cohort. Like, come on, to, we're going to do the swingers remake. Uh, he was. Uh, we're going to bring back old school. He was in every damn John Hughes movie. Well, not every no, John, John Hughes, Hughes movie, but he was in like a John oh, Cusack. Oh, yeah, he was like the he back, was, the, like the frat boy's best friend. He was John Cusack's sidekick guy. Fucking, uh, it's so weird. Uh, yeah, here, hold on. I'm going to Google it real quick. Nobody's Just like, not that this is actually really... Um, Jeremy Piven. Piven. God damn. Pivs. I just had to fucking. I'm sorry to waste uh, moments of a podcast on that. A precious, precious podcast. Yeah, I'm saying his career not not blossoming. No, but he's he was he was hot for. I mean, not hot. Like he was, uh, uh, you know, a standard '80s sidekick for ten to twenty years, yeah. and then for a, you know a minute he was like PCU. Yeah. 
which yeah. also probably if we look back on it is yeah. a movie that's going to be very offensive i and bet then, you there's like the trump people that's an american that's fucking film shit. classic right there fucking you take them vegetarians you cook a steak for them and then also but like what's funny is the way the culture evolves and revolves and devolves is that like you're right probably like your MAGA republicans are like super stoked on pcu now but at the time that it was made it was the most like alt not alt-right but like alt in a nirvana yeah. kind of sense like oh we're not politically correct we do crazy shit because we smoke tons of weed and we're down with fucking black people and gays and that's why we're not correct and then but also making fun of all those groups at the same time yeah. I mean, George Clinton's in it and has a pretty funny cameo. I mean, no, but... I don't, I don't, I, I know I saw it. I remember it came out. I probably rented it and watched it once, but I have no idea. I know there was a scene where there was, they were cooking steaks at a vegetarian place. Well, no, they were throwing raw meat at a vet, at a bunch of vegetarians okay, at their protest. Yeah, um, and also, it's just wasteful. Somehow, Jeremy Piven gets cast as a college senior with, with his hairline. the hairline yeah. that he always but, you know, had. You know, like, th that's that's a thing. It's no, I get yeah, some guys. I remember in high no, school being like, "Damn, casting that cat's got that hair already." Johnny Depp at, and 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 the rest as high school seniors um, for Twenty One Jump Street that was acceptably questionable. Well, you they, know what I mean? They were cops, man. But, right, but Piven... Bad kids, they, they fail. Piven was born with, l like, a horseshoe, like a, a, oh, yeah. a borderline yeah, George yeah. Jefferson. And they were like, yeah, this dude well, is... I've heard of that. Is gonna, ...is gonna be a college senior in this movie with a, with a George Jefferson. And no explanation. Not like, he's old. He's just... Like a high school senior, like or a college senior, like everyone else, and no one's gonna talk about it. You know, yeah. it just—it's how I feel about. Yeah, I'm not gonna get aggressive with it, but you know, like how I feel about when fucking Swayze throws the pit bullet, Keanu Reeves. You know, it's like no one talks about it. Piven's hairline is the same shit to me. Yeah, I just—it's I, uh, a questionable choice. He—he he does have good comedic timing. I'm sure he's terrible. As a person, like I don't know. Yeah, I I've always assumed. Um, I don't know, but it, it's fine. Uh, I don't know why I assume he's terrible in John Cusack. I assume is fine. Yeah, I don't know. Like he seems all right. I feel like Cusack has not the universal love of of Tom Hanks, but like he's a junior Tom Hanks. Is that? Yeah. Makes sense on the vibe. Like, nobody, you don't ever really hear people bring up, like, hating on Cusack. Oh, no. Nah, no, never. Same with, um, what's his name, The Fly? Oh, Goldblum? Everybody loves Everybody Goldblum. Everybody loves Goldblum. And I'll tell I you never what, heard a person be let, like, fuck that guy, he can't act. Let me ask you, okay, so it was only recently that I started understanding that Goldblum was considered a sex symbol. Did you? No. Yeah, did you know that? Like, I, it, it, I always it, it, thought it, he was like uh, a old. a nerdy pop culture. Like everyone loves him, but not like yeah. sexy Goldblum. Yeah, but apparently, he's kind of like uh, there are. It's not just like corners of the internet. It's like 
a lot of people consider him a sex symbol, and that's where like all the memes come out of like heaving Goldblum. I was gonna like, say there's that gif where he's like, he he's like he, breathing, but then he's like <gasps> another n- another of him is laying on his chest, hugging him mm-hmm. in the heave. Yo, and it, but it's real though, and uh, so I did not realize like when the memes were coming out like that, I was like, oh, okay, he's ironic, like because he's so nerdy and whatever. But um, then I started realizing, like, no, it's a real thing. Like, people find Jeff Goldblum very sexy, uh, apparently. And then, so, because you brought up the Flyers, what made me think about it, when's the last time you watched the Cronenberg, the Fly? No. I, when it came out. From, like, like 86 or 88 or whatever. Within the year after it came out on cable. Or so, something. I watched it then. I may have watched it once or twice since. Have not seen it since at the latest, like, 92, maybe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yo, front to back, this motherfucker is the sex symbol leading man of the whole shit. They they show him hairless, lubed up in his drawers in some, like, Speedo-esque, like, what... In yeah. the 80s, which is not cool to say now, they're called punk panties, you know, tidy whiteies. Like, yeah. but like the point was to be like, yo, here's a naked buff gold bloom with some bulge. How you feeling? And like, and the point was that he not only can get Gina Davis, but he smashes her, dogs her, throws her out, and then once he goes through the transformation and like starts and like yeah. the bug hasn't taken him over yet but like he's but he's out here like just picking up chicks in the bar and being macho guy and yeah. and like there's a lot of not full on nude gold bloom but not a nude bloom not a full bloom yeah. but he's it's definitely like uh also I don't remember him being like buff yeah I don't, and he's kind of like he's 80s ripped I don't kinda. remember when i first he's kind of like you know he's been there my whole life i don't yeah. remember when he started i know he he wasn't i know like you know whatever he just kind of came out of nowhere i'm sure there's a first movie i saw with him but who knows i don't remember i well, no. and here's in. the thing i've always loved goldblum but and and considered him like a and to this day no and this is real i'm not mistaken about this goldblum is a scene stealer yeah any film that he's in, he's like, it doesn't matter if he's a main character, side character, like, he's he's stealing some there's, shit. There's, a, like, 80s cinema, okay? Like, there's this weird thing where, like, okay, you could come from the previous world of cinema, mm-hmm. and then you were an accepted star already. If you were new into cinema, you had to be fucking hot. That was it. That was, like, mm-hmm. if you were going to be the lead, you were going to be gorgeous somehow or attractive. That was the only thing that mattered. They had to have good-looking people in the movies. Mm-hmm. But then... The side characters would be like quirky, and they'd be like, "Well, mm-hmm. he's neither any some." So, like every now and then, there'd be a couple people who had their entire career based on the fact they were kind of weird looking, yep. and kind of he was like that, like this kind of this weird side character that all of a sudden just like, yeah, but just I took it, and I don't. It had to be something if he had to fly right, that you, early in his career. You usually because what you're talking about is character actors, and yeah. like what I'm saying is that I think that what we didn't notice was that. Goldblum starts as a character actor, like a side, tertiary, yeah. quirky best friend kind of thing, 
and they pushed him into like sexy leading male yeah. kind of shit because he is one of the only and i hate this fucking movie mostly because it terrifies me but he's one of only two likable characters in the big chill like him and William Hurt okay, yeah, that's are the probably, only likable characters. That's you know? probably what made him really big. And But he's not like sexy I, guy. I remember when that came out and I remember the soundtrack, but I don't... I, no, the soundtrack is way bigger I, than the movie When I itself. watched it, you know, I was in my teens. So yeah. like the idea of like, you know, <laughs> there's a bunch of middle-aged people who are like have some life problems and they just fuck each other and shit and make each other sad it's no like, it's a, this is not a movie for me it's a, well that's why the, that's why it scares me it scares me more than any horror movie ever has it's a movie about peaking early it's like it's an 80s movie made in the 80s uh about and for people that grew up in the 60s as like it's the whole it's yeah. it's it's just a film version of the expression like oh if you don't look if you're not a rebel in your 20s yeah. you got no balls and if you're not a fucking part of the establishment yeah. in your 30s you got no brain that's the entire movie you yeah. just and so if you haven't watched it yet i just spoiler alert that's the whole it's, movie yeah, I'm, not, um, I'm not gonna but and, and no and but but that's the whole thing i watched it when i was like 19 or 20 and uh was like this is the most terrifying thing ever it's like uh weirdly the bruce springsteen song glory days is not on that soundtrack because that's exactly the plot yeah. of that movie while not written yeah. into the song is it's the exact same thing it's yeah. like peaking early that's the whole thing these that movie and that song terrify me uh in equal parts um but yeah getting back to the point is just that like that is where Goldblum starts as this character actor and I think that you and I just didn't notice because maybe we're not particularly attracted to Goldblum but that he's he he's been doing that for a long time we just didn't notice uh I will say the deep cover is one of my all-time favorite movies and that is a Goldblum uh Larry Fishburne team up and I I do take the liberty to say Larry because it is when he was still Larry uh I know he doesn't like that anymore so no disrespect Lawrence yeah. uh but have you ever seen deep cover not for a long time it's amazing soundtrack because no yeah yeah I mean and yo because shout out because that's uh the very first uh Snoop song is the mm -hmm. soundtrack to deep cover uh it's called deep cover um, most people know it as one eight seven on the motherfucking cop. Um, but the point being that um, you actually watch, it's kind of this uh, micro meta analogy for um, Goldblum's career. Because in the beginning of the movie, he's a scared, nerdy lawyer who like, gets involved with some shady coke dealer characters and then starts doing coke and he's supposed to be like their lawyer doing the cover shit for them but then kind of just becomes the fixer which you know that yeah. you know in legal terms like yeah. he becomes a fixer and he's doing too much coke and then he becomes a part of the game that he's supposed to be the the cover fire for and uh it's almost like you watch him be go from like oh nerdy side character Goldblum 
to like, I think I'm real sexy right now. To like, by the very end, he's shooting motherfuckers wearing like the three quarter leather bomber and like, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty, it's a pretty entertaining Goldblum. It's, I mean, it's a fantastic movie yeah. all the way around. So, kind of like Trump's lawyers. Rent deep cover. Oh yeah, let's get into. They comments. all thought they were going to be like defending him, but then <gasps> they were like, "I got subpoenaed too. Now I got to get indicted over this bullshit." Yeah. Like, uh, um, they are, you know, making attorneys get attorneys. Yeah. That's one thing I will say about Biden. Like, he might not do shit, but he ain't never asked me to help pay his legal fees, and it's not happened yet. Ah, uh, but I don't even. Yeah, like the fun part is. That Biden is like a background substance at this point. Yeah. It's really also I what I've been curious about is as um what's old boy's name? Uh Merrick Garland. Yeah. So as the DOJ has really been going in, and you know, we've talked about how on this show, we've talked about how I've been really curious, like is Merrick Garland just doing some like strong silent type shit and just like is he a coward or is he really doing some hard ass gangster shit that is like yeah fuck around wait and find out yeah. you know what I mean but now that you see all the shit that the DOJ is going in on yeah. and how well they're playing their cards thus far mm -hmm. I'm not saying that Trump is actually going to get prosecuted as I have said on this show many times before, um, I think probably all his close confederates are getting it. Like, yeah. I think Giuliani gets it. I think Mark Meadows gets it probably harder than anybody. Uh, I think old girl, the Kraken lawyer, gets it. Yeah, Sidney Powell. Sidney Powell. I think they did, like, many, many. The pillow guy. The my pillow. I don't know about him. I think. Yeah. No, they, they he, um for his cyber... The symposium, all the stuff going on in um, Colorado mm. with the uh, breaking, they, you know, like somebody, some cl county clerk contacted him and was like, they've been stealing the election. You can come in here and get my voting machines. And so he paid some guys to fly there and then she let them into the voting machine and they oh, got all the info yeah. out. Same thing happened in Georgia and that was with Sydney Powell. And right, Sydney Powell paid that, the yeah. team. And one of the fake electors to go. And the fake elector already came out. And she was like, oh, I don't know about that. I don't think I was there. I might have been by the building that day. And they're like, oh, well, we got the video. But she were the there one. for eight hours watching them steal the information. And you she's let the in. one to let them in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, everybody's fucking. Like, that's the thing about the Trump cases, too, especially with um, Letitia James. Tisha James. Letitious. Tisha. Letitious. She, um. <laughs> Little vicious. Letitious. That's, that's, that's <laughs> but she, um. It's, and I, it's a weird thing. Right? She didn't like bring charges. She, she you know, the no, she New did. York she brought, is, but is she brought suing, civil is charges. suing them in civil court. And I, the main thing about this is like her burden of proof is like 10% of what it would be right, because if he was indicted. Civil. But yeah. what she does with this is if her case is proven, mm -hmm. just the whatever the guilty of that mm -hmm. would immediately like domino three or four other cases that are pending right now into yeah. immediate guilties. One in New York, and then there's two more that could be pending in New York. All the children get them in New York. And yeah. then IRS. Yeah. Trump's been saying forever. Yeah. He's like, well, I'm still being audited. And they're like, well, this is going to change that, you know. She has made, or they, but led by Tish yeah. James, uh, which, did you listen to the press conference? Mm -hmm. She just murdered. His, it was it was a lot of bars. Yeah, his whole family. There. It was a lot of bars in there. That's what I'm saying. But, um, 
Yeah, she's also, they also have made referrals criminally to the IRS and the DOJ. Yeah. And my original question, and we will get back to Tish James and all that fun stuff, but my original question was when you think about if, if Merrick Garland and really his DOJ is operating in the way that it appears they are, which the way I'm seeing it right now, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but it seems like, remember how T2 would never be running, but he would always be like slow jogging right behind the people that he's hunting down and he just would never stop. Like that's how Merrick Garland's DOJ feels right now. And it's like, cause you never like, yo, come on, speed it up. Let's, let's do it. But uh, he's hunting you down. And uh, if that is what's happening, you remember that he was supposed to be a Supreme Court justice. He was supposed to take fucking, uh, what's the name spot? Mm -hmm. Fucking. uh, And the whole thing is he's not even like far left. He's a down the middle of the road guy. The Democrats were were being cool about their justices and being like, look, we'll put somebody in the middle. And now it doesn't matter. But he's supposed to take Scalia's seat. He's weaponized the department against our. Right. And he took it super slow and everyone was mad at him because lefties were like, you're not going to fucking do this. Like the January 6th committee was like, fuck you, dude. Like, are you not moving on this? And he was like, I'm moving on it. It's like Cecil the Turtle kind of shit. But um, I'm just really curious if he really is doing what it looks like his DOJ is doing. Are, like, is Mitch McConnell and other Republicans who purposely made that move to keep him off the bench... Are they looking back like this might have been a really big mistake? Because no. I've never heard anyone no. discuss that. Mitch McConnell was like, please hurry this the fuck up and kill it. Yeah. <laughs> please stab the beast. Like, fuck that. There's a lot of Republicans, especially Mitch McConnell. Like, he has, he has no love for Trump. Trump just shits on him. Nobody, even, even the Republicans are like, how the fuck is that guy still in office? You know, like, no one, it doesn't make sense to anybody. Even like, you know, deep racist Republicans are like, he's got a Chinese wife and he's our leader. What the hell's going on? It's right, like, but see, this is and Trump thing. brings that shit up. Like I don't, every time McConnell does something Trump right, doesn't but, like, he'll be like, his Chinese wife is just getting money for her parents for their company in China. Right, but I don't think that Mitch McConnell gives a fuck nah. about any of that stuff. And this is not an educated guess. It's just from watching the way he like moves on shit. Um, are you familiar with the expression uh you can shear a sheep for a lifetime, yeah. but you can skin it only once, yeah. right? I don't think Mitch McConnell gives a fuck. Nothing is personal to him. Like, when you have that neck and that face, yo, he's probably had that neck and that face since he was, like, 10 or something. You know what I mean? Well, like, the- So he's been having to deal with that for so long, and he is so lethal at what he does just to get money. Like... The reason he spoke out against January 6th and whenever he speaks out about something where you're like, oh, that's very principled and all, he for once stood up for the right thing. No, 
Yeah. He wants the machine to work the way it works and the way it always has because it's a cash cow for him. Yeah, and that's the problem right now. And is that's that why Trump is a problem for he him. He used to have, like, a, I'd say at least a, a large partial control on the Republican bag. Yes. And he fucking doesn't anywhere near it now. Yep. The bag is gone. He fucks Trump his bag up. has the whole sure. bag now, and he's not spending any of it on the elections. He's spending it all on his own legal fees. Yep. And this is where Mayor Garland is going to fuck around with is— he ain't got to do it right now. He's got to mm -hmm. do it for the next two and a half years. So he's going to keep fucking Trump. And every single week is going to be another like just now the special master. Trump's like, I got a special master. The first thing the special master did was like, hey, um, I hear you guys talking a lot about the FBI planting evidence. Please expound on that. And they were like, show just kidding. Just kidding. This is strike that from the battle. We're not. We're yeah. Never mind. And so basically yeah. like all the bullshit. The special master who was supposed to work for Trump mm -hmm. was like, "Hey," and then he was like, "Hey," who I believe was appointed by. No, he was he appointed by Trump, or it was just yeah, the, the judge was, but not for this. But he was appointed right. to his bench by Trump when he was president. It just, but also the one, the canon who was the one who was like, "We're going to appoint a special master." Like yeah. she also was, and it just, yeah. And the special master, which is or just he was, a weird. Thing he was to picked say. by Trump. Like Trump's picked a list of people. Yeah, that he wasn't okay appointed with. by him yeah. on the bench. I think it was just that he was. Uh, they were like, "This is the guy we want." Um, yeah, he's getting fucked on that one. He, it's not that he's getting fucked. It's just that dude was like, "All right, can you explain your side? Like, how are you defending this?" Yeah. And he and Trump's defense was like, "No, we want to wait till later." And he's like, "Well, no, I need you to either explain." how like what your evidence that the fbi planted this stuff is or why these papers belong to you or how you declassify them yeah and he cannot which yeah and they were like well i think their defense was like well we're gonna need to hold back that defense and see until, what else works well no until charges but by, by their technically they're like until if we get charged we will present that in yeah. court when we get charged, which is a dumb, dumb argument in the first place. But when Trump goes on Hannity and yeah, and then was like, I just uh, declassify it by thinking about it. Yeah. You see that shit? Yeah. Uh, well, then that doesn't really work for it's like, no, we have to withhold that information for trial. And then you go on TV and then say, like, yeah. no, I could think about it. And that's what makes it happen. Which, in the end, is him saying that he's guilty. Because apparently they said, hey, you got these documents? And he was like, yes. Okay, give them to us. Okay, here, give them to y'all. Okay, do you still have them? Because you can't have any more. You have to give them to us. I said they were classified. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. That doesn't work. And three times they were like, you have to give them back to us. And <coughs> they said they didn't have them. Mm -hmm. So the more he says, well, I... I declassified them and had them doesn't matter they told him that they didn't work well, and that also goes law. back to your uh, original statement about how he makes his attorneys get attorneys which is yep. that he got one of at least one of his attorneys to say that they had handed over yep. all the documents and signed the paperwork and uh no not sure not sure and it's that doesn't surprise me at all what surprises me is that how you can be smart enough to get a legal degree and then 
be dumb enough to oh your dad had a legal degree or his dad did and then had money and gave it to the school and then, oh, I see what you're doing. They trumped their way into their legal yeah, degree. I'd say I think so. They trumped their way out of a legal. I'd say degree. probably more than 15 percent of lawyers that are lawyers right now, like they're they somebody paid to school or they, you know, like they. If you got money, why you don't you got to do your own homework? That's, there's that's there's nerds all over the school need money. Have you been seeing this shit that uh, you know how like uh, Trump is doing for a long time? He's been doing the wink, wink, nudge, nudge to. Uh, QAnon, but now like yeah. he's going full on, mm-hmm. which I feel a is a sign of desperation. Yeah, oh. but B uh, is very dangerous. He's got free time. Yeah, he's probably dangerous. he's been reading his own fucking website. I think, oh, I don't think that's thing, what it is. I think just his advisors are like, hey, let's let's try this because we're running out of shit. Uh, yeah, I don't think he listens to advisors. I think he just does. One one thing I think this case in general, like the entire thing around these documents mm-hmm. is going to go nowhere i don't think he's going to get in much trouble like maybe no. maybe maybe be, he somehow like makes a deal where nothing happens but he can't run for office again like that's the most that might come of this there's a chance of that it's a chance. right and then he gets to like but be kind of I, I king maker on the cross kind of thing i think mostly this is going to keep him busy for like six or seven months through the midterms when he could be like spending money on ads for mm-hmm. people he's going to instead be like freaking out about getting lawyers and having to go to meetings and shit and then mm-hmm. as that ends and nothing comes of this new york will happen then he's got to mm-hmm. go to court for that as georgia starts happening and mm-hmm. then he's got to go to court for that and then i think there's going to be a snowball effect of that and maybe some more doj and irs stuff and like if either i think in the end he gets away with all of it somehow maybe he yeah can't like run i for said office. all his goons but i think he's his businesses <clears throat> no all his goons pay the price and he does not like the that's only, what i think the only way his business remains existing is if he keeps political power enough that those kind of people that are millionaires give him loans you know like where the mercer family gives him a loan because or, the banks can't publicly anymore because no i think he kind of ojs his way out of it where like you know how he he'll keep he wins five properties you know how like and disappears like oj wins the actual criminal murder trial loses the civil murder trial they say that he owes every dollar that he ever gets but like you know oj's still yeah. out here like you know living off the crusts off the periphery yeah. you know and i think that like best case scenario that's what trump does like they shut down the trump organization all his goons go to jail him and his kids kind of live in the way that like um elder game of thrones characters do where like they don't quite take the black and go to the wall but uh you know they live like oj off the crust you know i like um but what, what i also do like though is that um if anyone's gonna give him the funk, you notice that black women yeah, are keeping yeah. it true yes, yeah, as to like you know there's a long history of uh, black women uh, making things happen in this country yeah. and like holding things to reality um, in times and ways and places that you would think. Uh, they are not able to as people down the line of like political power of like the low end theory kind of thing yeah. and 
it is amazing to see, like, as I said, like, if you watch the fucking Tish James, um, I listened, I didn't watch it, I listened to it on, on yeah. uh, a recorded, like, podcast version, yeah. but the entirety of that uh, press conference from start to finish, boom, 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 just nails him, yeah. bullet point after bullet point, and then if you, have you ever listened to the fucking Phony Willis uh no. Press conference where she's like, and I'll spare you the rest of it because I couldn't even quote it well, even if I tried to. But she's like, I think that people thought that what we were doing was some kind of game. And it is not some kind of game. What we are doing here is very serious. And it's just like the rest of it, you can just. You get the gist. But like both of them, it was like, oh, trust and believe. We're not fucking with you, Holmes. Yeah. And for him, if he does get taken down by either or both black women, that will just uh, stand up to well, according to him. History. According to him, if if this goes through, he's gonna he's gonna civil war at us. Basically, he's like, I'm going to civil war this shit. He said there would be fire in the streets and riots also, if, if I he mean, gets Lindsey charged Graham for this. Said that shit. Yeah, but this is just a couple like a couple days ago. And the, like, he Letitia Peekaboo Jones, he called her. And when he called her Peekaboo Jones, that's that's his nickname for her is Peekaboo. What? And so all of uh, black Twitter was like, you think he might have um, got spell corrected for a word that starts with J? I think he got spelled. That, that was basically a Twitter. Oh, but, I, but then to the point man. that reporters actually were like, no, we tried it. That uh, it doesn't spell. It doesn't. It doesn't change it to that. It mm. actually changes. You know, that that gets changed to this, this, or this. Mm. And that juggalo uh, would come up uh, first. But that was a. That was that was just the opinion the next morning. But in that in that tweet, yeah. in, in his truth, he said that. Um, God damn, that's rough. He said that he would. Um, that there would be fighting in the street. And the thing is, like, I think the whole civil war thing. January sixth kind of proved that, like. There aren't enough of them. There really aren't. Like, there's enough of them. I, I disagree with you. There's enough of them that don't want it, I think, is the main thing. Like, you know, they don't want fire in the street and blood. A lot of them don't. Like, some do. Number here, part two. A lot of them. Now, the second part is, let's just look at the Congress. If For Congress to mm -hmm. be evenly divided down the middle, mm -hmm. okay, to be red and blue, equally 50-50, mm -hmm. Democrats have 40 million more votes on paper for that to happen. Right now, it's over that. It's actually 45. That's why we have a majority in mm -hmm. Congress. 45 million. So, like, if there's a civil war, let's just say if there's a civil war, mm -hmm. this is only voters. That's not even everybody. You know, like, yeah. there's still 45 million people they have to kill to, just to have an even fight. That's not the point. I know. How many shooters do you have? No. In like, that's... I got Chicago. They're not... Again, that's not... I can get some buses up there. That's not politically motivated no shooters that's like no but they'll go for a, like a revolution to happen it's like and we're not even talking about, i don't even say revolution but like for the type of collapse of society that you're talking about it's well, something like it's between three and twelve percent of the culture to be actively pulling triggers it's a really yeah. really small percentage and the right has always been way more motivated and angrier and well fucking armed. So yeah. make no mistake, 90% of the people that 
we know personally, they're not fucking armed. And even if they are, are they really going to pull triggers? Like, it's it's different. A, a lot would. But I don't think it won't get to that point. Mm. Like, right now, here's the thing. is like, we're more divided than ever is what mm-hmm. the right is saying. Because what they're really, what's really no, happening is, true. holy shit. You don't think that's true? The right? No, okay. No, no. There's been a civil war. When we had the Revolutionary War, mm-hmm. it was fucking 50-50 in those fucking con- constitutional conventions. It mm-hmm. wasn't, it was divided then. It's always been divided. Right now, mm-hmm. the Republicans are yelling, we're divided, when they should be yelling, we're more outnumbered than fucking ever. The only reason they, they even have absolutely. elections is because of fucking extreme gerrymandering. Every single day, absolutely. every single day, I would say there's more Republicans that vote dying because they're fucking old, and there's more young people registering <coughs> who are going to be voting blue. You are, every single day of the, every single day that passes. You are absolutely right about that. But where I would say you are underestimating is the money. that. Where the gerrymandering ends, like the gerrymandering is the last stop before political violence. And they and this is why I say you're wrong about January 6th. January 6th did not prove that they don't have the the wherewithal to get it over the hump. Yeah. It proves that they're willing to replace yeah. gerrymandering with political violence. Yeah. And that is the difference between a putsch and a fucking coup. And, uh, you know, we have in uh, an episode of this show from back then, uh, we call, I believe that it's named uh, You're Looking Mad Putchy, right? And the difference between a putsch and a coup really is that a putsch is a failure and a coup is generally a success. You know what I mean? And usually... The difference between the two is that you have the military on your side. Um, I don't think currently the military is on their side, but definitely a lot of military people are on that side. And I also, uh, I only know, I haven't studied this shit, like, you know, aggressively or whatever, but I will say that uh, there are at least a few coups that I know of and I think that it's not uncommon for a coup to be preceded by a putsch you know like Hitler and yeah. I'm not I'm not comparing what we have here and whatever but you know Hitler had the beer hall putsch yeah. you know and he went to prison for a few years yeah. and they let him out and then he gets voted into office and then he does what he does yeah. but there's a lot of countries that were democracies or something close to it and there is a failed coup a putsch happens and then later they figure out like oh how did we fail with the putsch and then they push it over the top the next time you know and i don't think that that's outside the realm of possibility for us i i I just i think that we're at a point right now we're starting to, to to go to like noticeably see it and like honestly right now all the the elections that are going up right now all the polls are, mm-hmm. are leaning where the democrats are going to win more seats which is weird going into a, a midterm you don't usually mm-hmm. see that in advance and usually if it's coming now it's going to be even bigger i don't i'm not crossing my fingers it could go either way but like like i said they're they're abortion didn't help them either the thing of like a lot of women that were sitting on the fence were like mm, you know what no i, I hate 
No, my kid has pretty bad taste in men. I'm going to go ahead and vote blue this time. Like, it, it's just you never know. That might be women, as usual, taking the L. Weed's a big one, too. Like, I didn't know how big, like, polling-wise, like, basically all of America is like, fucking legalize it already, assholes. Yeah, and but all no, of a sudden it's yeah, like, but, uh, Yeah, but nobody's, no, nobody's... Uh, the red wants it. Going, no, yeah, but nobody is just mashing out in the voting booth over weed. You know what I mean? It's no, uh, no, but it's it's a turning point right now, and in some elections out here right now, like in some of the mm-hmm. states that are going wreck or not going wreck, mm-hmm. was, was it Kansas? There's one I just read that I was like, what? Like the state forced it to get on the bill, right? But more importantly, a, Kansas like a, tried to force the abortion thing on the bill, and yeah, yo, you know how many of their fucking Republican men or women had to show up to make that not happen? Yeah. And I'm not, uh, I don't have my fucking hopes up in the sense of like, that means that that's what's going to happen for the rest of the country. But I don't know if you saw that fucking Arizona uh, kicked in a, well, no, a female judge actually, which, I mean, I guess it's presumptuous to think that a female judge will vote in, you know. Either or. In accordance to one way or the other. Yeah. But uh, she said it was legal for a 1901 law uh, preventing all abortions to go into effect. And then, but also Arizona has a uh, fetal personhood bill about, like, that they're, they're kind of litigating. They're, they're discussing it at the moment, which is kind of crazy because there is actually a fucking, um, there's a case that is ostensibly separate and apart from the fetal personhood thing. But so the, and I'm using finger quotes once again on the air because, you know, a few years ago we used to be the most finger quoted podcast on the air, mm-hmm. but, uh, finger quote, uh, but okay. So, the finger quotes estate of an aborted embryo is suing the doctors that uh, helped the woman abort it and the reason is because at the time she aborted it she was married and from what I understand about what I read in this one single article I didn't fact check it so go to worst case hate to wait at gmail but um yeah apparently you are in Arizona, way before any of this, you, a married person, a married man is allowed to sue the doctors who aborted the unborn fetus if they uh, feel that the the wife was not informed to the level that it was informed consent. Yeah. So... If that was already on the books, then, like, fetal personhood shit is probably not unlikely to pass. Yeah. Maybe. Like, the yo, but you know how dangerous the idea of yeah, fetal yeah. personhood is? Yeah. Yo, it's, it's, it's other people speaking for a, a group yeah. of, like, right. atoms and molecules yeah. inside a human. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. That's... You know that California did pass some kind of law that if one of the other states is coming at you for something you did concerning an abortion mm-hmm. or reproductive rights in general... Right. ...that they won't extradite you. 
So if like Kansas or so Arizona is coming at you, you go to California and they won't mail you back. But you still have to start a whole new life in California. But whatever. And it is kind of pricey. You can probably find work. Here I am in California. Wish you would. <laughs> so there's your Counting Crows joke that, you know, I always love to end every episode with a Putch Hall reference. Yeah. And a Counting Crows sing along. I, I saw a YouTube video. I didn't watch it, but I saw the little thumbnail about how I guess the Counting Crows guy quit music because he was so he hated it was like fame it, no yeah. it was the mr jones song mm-hmm. the popularity of mr jones and it was like basically it's like homeless the, the title like homeless man writes song about fame it makes him so famous that he hates it he quits music and that was like the title of the video i don't think that he was homeless no the song talks about he's sitting on the street with with the homeless man you know maybe they just inferred that it's the title more like homeless man gets famous right he he had don't get me wrong those dreadlocks were made in a salon they were yes, not made on the street he had the aesthetic of a homeless man but it was definitely really strong mr wendell vibes yeah. like he was doing the 90s alt rock Mr. Wendell. I met a homeless guy and then I wrote a song about it and made millions of dollars and bought a house with it. Ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that homeless guy. Oh, real quick before Johnny we get out Royale. of here. Before we get out of here real quick, uh, I would just like to bring up that um, so Jenny Thomas, Clarence's oh, yeah. wife, is supposed to go before the January 6th committee coming up soon, nice. which should be, if nothing else, entertaining. But what's terrifying is that Clarence Thomas has stated for the record, apparently, that he's not going to recuse himself from any January 6th-related uh, cases that may come before him. And uh, what's super weird uh, about that and everything around it is that um, apparently there's no laws uh, governing... Recusal. Well, I mean, it's called Supreme. You know, I mean, it's not like, you know, the medium. Yeah, but I mean, Diana Ross is called Supreme, too. There's a clothing line called Supreme, too. Like, but it's just, it's weird that every other judge in any circuit or at any level has rules and laws governing. I personally don't question Diana Ross's decisions. I don't either. But have you ever asked her to recuse herself from anything? I bet you she would. She looks pretty rec- Not from the love child. Oh. Sorry, that was Diana Ross. Anyway, point being, that, like, play it right now. It's, it's fucked that that is completely an option for not only Clarence Thomas, yeah. Alito, any of those fuckers. Like, I'm honestly happy. Even no, people that I agree with most of the time on the bench, it's bullshit that there would be a position where you're like, oh, I can completely have a conflict of interest in this, and you can't force me yeah. out of it. I, I wouldn't expect any less from Clarence Thomas. To oh, no, 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 no. We, I think we all knew that. Here, and I got, I got one more thing. <laughs> this is Please a, do. my little worst-case scenario travel tips. I just found out about this statue that mm-hmm. I think is awesome, so I think everybody should know about it. Okay, this is Italy. In Milan, okay, this artist, his name is Maurizio Catalan, okay? Mm-hmm. He's famous for making a gold toilet years ago that was in mm-hmm. some art galleries, a gold is toilet. Is it in Tromso? You would think. No. It's, he actually just made a, a toilet cast out of gold and was like, mm-hmm. to make fun of fucking 
whatever, consumerism. And then he made um, a shopping cart out of gold as well. But then he's famous for the banana taped to the easel at Art Basel that the guy walked up and ate. You remember that? Yeah. A couple years ago. We talked about that. Okay. So what he did, he made this at, in Italy, it's called the banking plaza. There's Mm a a fancy Italian way to say that, that I'm not going to do right. But, um, the statue got erected in 2010 after um, when Berlusconi was in charge and like right after the financial collapse and everybody there was poor. Mm-hmm. Huge, huge white marble, middle finger. Like, you know, huge fucking statue of a middle finger pointing directly at the Italian stock exchange. Hmm. But instead of the hand, the fingers being bent over, they're like sawed off. You know? So it's just fucking brutal looking, but it's just like this big fuck you to... And they put it up. It's only supposed to be there for a year, but the people of Milan liked it so much because they hated the banks right then because of the financial collapse that they decided mm-hmm. to keep it. And so now, if you ever go to Milan in the banking plaza, there's a big fucking middle finger sticking up to the financial industry of the state. Nice. And that's just, that's awesome. Like, the idea of, like, right now, we're like, but we need to keep that statue of Johnny Rebel. He represents us. Over there, they're like, we got a middle finger pointing at the bank. Hey. I fucking, I like that. Bibbidi-bobbidi. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're thinking of something to replace the Vance Monument with here, you know? How about a big old fucking cock? A big cock? finger? Or, you know. Well, it was finger. already a big cock. cock. I was thinking a big black fist. Just like a big black fucking power fist coming hey, up. Like a, I would love to see all the southern tourists from Mississippi being like, Just a oh, John Carlos yeah. kind of situation. We got to get the fuck out of this town, Muffy. It was already a cesspool. Yeah. All right, so on behalf of the cesspool of sin, which is Asheville, North Carolina, you have been rocking with the worst. Hosted by my mellow, my man, Adam Strange, a.k.a. the Vice Count, Dirty Finger. Now available on FarmersOnlyFans.com. Yes, sir. I farmed what? Uh, I am your host, Valio Iglesias. Farmio Iglesias, not really. Uh, MC Onion, the rap scallion. Elon Muscular, the Archduke, the Peshmo, the Von Luftballons. Nani DeFranco, uh, known to the ladies as a pimp named Sugar Cookie. You have been rocking with the worst because two wrongs don't necessarily make it right, but three wrongs definitely make it worst. Holler at me later. some of our feelings into music. Ready? Let's begin. The name that can be named is not the eternal name. The unnameable is the eternally real. The gateway to all understanding. Free from desire, you realize the mystery. Caught in desire, you see only the manifestations. Yet mystery and manifestations arise from the same source. This source is called darkness. Darkness within darkness, within darkness, within darkness, within darkness. Within darkness. Within darkness. 